Hey, beautiful friends. Welcome to the Savor Podcast. We're so excited for you to join us today as we dive into the goodness of God together. Our hope is for you to be encouraged, challenged, and entertained as you listen to hosts Stacy and Suzanne, along with special guests as they have honest and real conversations about how to savor God's word as they grow in their relationship with Christ. We hope you'll encourage a friend or two to listen with you so you can keep the conversations going. We're all about community here. Welcome to another episode of the Saver Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Stacy, and I'm here with Suzanne, and we are excited to be back recording again. We hope that you guys have been doing well and are enjoying the spring. Suzanne, how are you feeling? You enjoying the spring? I am. Now that some of that pollen, that terrible pollen, is going away. Don't you feel like the pollen was here about seven or eight cycles this season? It was just so much of it. Yes. It was so much of it. It felt like everything was just gross and nasty. It did. Like a very chalky green haze on everything, (laughs) including in my mouth, in my throat. Yes. Yeah. It was crazy. I don't know if it was in my mouth, but... (laughs) I definitely felt it. It probably was. I just couldn't see it. So, but yeah, I'm excited. This is a a good time of year. I'm looking forward to summer. What about you? You're looking forward to anything? Yes, I'm so excited. If you don't know me, then I want to tell you something about me. And if you already know me, you know this. Summer is amazing. It is my favorite season. I love summer. Yes, I love to sweat. I love 100 degree weather. I love Charleston summers in August even. I think it's wonderful. I absolutely love it. So we are gearing up for my favorite time of year. And my son, your son, they'll be finishing school very soon, like just in a few weeks. And we're going to go out to the beach for a week and hang out and have fun. And I'm looking forward to doing that. So it should be a lot of shenanigans at the beach. And you know what I'm looking forward to most at the beach? What? Our epic, epic game of tag in the dark we have some new rules coming up for this summer's game did y'all really make new rules yes was it because of me yes (laughs) you guys you want to know why she asked that because we had to stop the game last year because what we do is it's pitch black dark on the beach and we're all running around she's so tickled she can't eat she's crying right now (laughs) so There were, I don't know, six or seven of us out on the beach, pitch black dark, and we're trying to play tag. And then we're all hiding in the dark and trying to not get caught. And then all of a sudden, her husband, Jeremy, is freaking out because he is convinced she has drowned in the ocean. (laughs) The last time he saw her, she was ankle deep in the water and he is convinced she is gone. But the truth is, She's just really good at hiding. Well, that was the funny part is because I'm running around. And first of all, I'm not a runner. I don't run anywhere except to the refrigerator and to get back before the commercial's over on Hulu. So I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of running around. I'm going to sit right here and see if they can't find me. So Jeremy starts calling me. And of course, I'm I'm not going to yell out, oh, here I am. So then he starts freaking out that he can't find me. And so then I think it's hilarious. But then he gets everybody involved. And it was like this really big deal. And then I had to come out. And they were like, oh, my gosh, there you are. It was just, it was, it was really funny. But, I mean, I just can't do all that running and tag. It, it was And crazy. they're like, you're not supposed to hide. I know. But it got exhausting running. 
it did get exhausting, but we have some new rules on that. Yeah. So um, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to I need to start training to now then. <laughs> yes, just some sprint training. We need to start doing some sprint training. It was, it's a lot of fun. So I'm definitely looking forward to summer and just being able to spend some more time with Joshua. And hopefully my oldest will be coming home for a little bit in the summertime. So it should yeah. be good. I love summer too. I don't love the heat that much, but. I know, but remember, my backyard never gets hot, so we can. Well, and you love the heat, so that's good. That works out for you. It does. It does. Okay, so fun question before we actually get started is, I mean, that was fun, but um, totally didn't expect it to go there. (laughs) uh, But we were talking about, right before we started this, how in the last episode, Stacey asked me something going on exciting in my life, and we came up with, I cleaned out a closet, and how disappointing (laughs) that was. And how, like she said, as your 20-year-old self, and I was like, yeah, I would hate that girl. (laughs) Like, for fun, I cleaned out my closet. Um, But so interesting then, thought about, what would you tell your 20-year-old self if you could tell her one thing today? Oh, I know that in a heartbeat. I would tell my 20-year-old self, there are two things in life you need. You need Jesus and you need moisturizer with sunscreen in it. (laughs) Those are the two things you need. No one told me at 20 how important those two things are in your life. Every day of your life, Jesus and moisturizer. Every day. Every on day. your face. And listen, pro tip, on your hands. On oh, the top yeah. of your hands because you spend a lot of time driving yes. in your car and you will get sunspots. I'm just telling you, listen to me, 20-year-old Stacy. It is important. Yeah, I got these old lady spots on my hands now. Me too. I did. I think they're called liver spots or something. Is oh, that what your grandmother gross. called them? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have them too. It's terrible. Yeah, sunscreen your hands. That's a good one. All right. If you're listening and you're under the age... Well, if you're 20 or younger yeah. or any age, if you haven't done this yet, just start doing it. Put on some sunscreen. Yes. And get with Jesus every single day. Yeah. You will not regret it. I'm going 15 years strong with both of those things, maybe a little bit longer with Jesus. And I ain't regretted either one of them. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Yeah. No, when I was 20, I was probably still laying out on my roof with baby oil. For sure. So and that's sun why in, I got in my these hair. Spots. Yeah. Did you ever put sun in, in your hair? Oh, yeah, girl. You know it. You know it. Okay, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Oh, that's too hard. There's so much I would tell my 20-year-old self. I know. I'd have to think about that one. I don't think I could. Definitely, you need Jesus. Like, girl, you need Jesus. I know you don't think you need Jesus, and you need Jesus in a way you don't think you need Jesus. Yes. You don't need Jesus on Sunday. No. (laughs) You need him Monday through Sunday, 24-7. Yes, especially Uh, Saturday night when you're thinking what you're thinking about on Saturday night. No, no. Just go to Jesus. That guy that you think is so cute. Mm. No, yeah, he ain't so cute. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. There's just too much I would tell my 20 year old self. There you go. Um, oh, here, this is what I would tell my 20 year old self submit yourself to God, James 4. Oh, <laughs> that's a very good segue. There you go. I like that. So, on our last episode, we spent some time talking about taming the tongue, and we really kind of spent a little bit more time kind of addressing the idea of teachers, but then also applying that across the board. So if you haven't listened to that episode, I encourage you, go back and check out the episode, Taming Your Tongue, part one. But on this episode, we're going to get into a little bit more of how do you tame the tongue? Because James chapter three says, no man can tame the tongue and it's full of deadly poison. So that doesn't leave me very hopeful. So 
how do we tame that tongue? And I, I love it that, you know, specifically following the last episode, like practically, what does that look like in my life? Um, and I can't do that without submitting myself to God. And so what does that mean? We, I feel like that's something we say a lot, like in the church world or like, you know, the Christian world, it's just submit yourself to God. But what does that mean? What does that look like? We're going to, I'm going to give you an example because I don't know how to tell you how I do it without just giving you a concrete example. Um, and again, this is something that I constantly, constantly, constantly have to work on. Wait, what was that word again? Constantly working on this and I fail a lot. Um, but thankfully God's grace is so big and it's for me every time. Um, but this also applies to any, anything really. I mean, submit your whole life to God. So my example will be specifically talking about the tongue because we talked about that last episode. But this is like whatever you're struggling with too. You know, whether it be, you know, you want to quit sleeping around or you want to quit drinking or you want to quit gossiping or anything like that. This is going to help you with the things that you do that you don't want to do. Yes. Um, and we all have those things uh, in our life. And probably more than one. Oh, absolutely. Right? Um, so, but we specifically talked about last, just about the power of our words and how there's life and death in them. And so this week I actually, um, had something that came to me, some information that really, really upset me and really, um, kind of caused some old bitterness and old resentment to come up. And I was just... You know, I'm going to be real honest. I know I'm not the only one just crafting my argument in my head and all the things I'm going to say and my response to what your response is probably going to be to my response. I've already got that response ready. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And listen, girl, you know, you know what we're talking about, too, because, you know, we as women have the most intense conversations in our heads with those around us that have never taken place, actually. Right. So this was so, I was so upset by this that I was talking to my husband about it before we went to bed. And I even was like, because he he tends to be much more calm than me. And not a lot of things get his feathers really ruffled, right? So I tell him, I said, I'm going to tell you something. you got to have my back on this. I don't care what I say or what I do. You got to have my back. And he's like, okay, I got your back. I got your back. Go to sleep. I was praying about it as I went to sleep. I woke up. I woke up before my alarm angry about this issue. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I just, I need to just not think about this. I've got work to do. I've got to prepare for our podcast. And we were getting prepared for James 3. So (laughs) don't you love the Lord's sense of humor? I was like, as I was reading this, I was thinking of you a little bit. I was like, dang you, Stacy McLean, because you said you wanted to do James 3. So I'm in here reading it, and I'm like, oh, my Lord. So I had to really rethink the conversation that I had just made up in my head. Um, and so in the end of James 3, it does talk about asking for wisdom. And so I was really just asking God um, for wisdom and then came to the very last part of James 3, and it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, Mm -hmm. then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, Mm -hmm. full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. 
So when I read that, I just took a piece of paper and I wrote each of those things down. So mm-hmm. I wrote down pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, mercy, good fruit, all of those things down and just thought, however I proceed with the conversations that I want to have, this is how it's going to have to be framed. Ooh, that's right? good. So last time we talked a little bit about that sauce, that blueberry Ghost pepper, yeah. And it made me think of that, actually, because, you know, sometimes we want to speak the truth. And it is truth. But if I come with truth without love and all of these things that just says in the wisdom of heaven, I'm not going to taste any of that blueberry, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. not, if I come at you, you don't get that blueberry. You just get that spicy habanero for me. And that's not what I want. Yeah. So one way is I see that. And so for me, that is submitting myself to God. That's me submitting myself to the word of God Mm. and saying, I need to lay down what I want to say and behave in the way that I want to behave with all of this anger and spiciness and think about this. Um, And so that really led me to rethinking the conversation, how I wanted to proceed. And I'm still praying that through a little bit. Um, So that was an example of me kind of submitting myself to God in that. Wow. And that is not easy because whatever sparked your feelings like you said, there's truth in it. And so to be able to identify truth, but without bitterness or Mm -hmm. jealousy, because right before that, it talks about jealousy, selfish ambition and disorder, you know, those things exist. And, and so to be able to submit all of that to the Lord and to seek his wisdom, which comes from above and, and in James, um, I think it's James 15, it says, it talks about how bitterness and jealousy and selfish ambition and being arrogant and doing that against the truth. It says that wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but that wisdom is earthly. In my version, it says earthly, natural, and demonic. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is why we submit to the Lord as a matter of fact, because otherwise there's a demonic force. And we see that in James four. I think we're going to get into that Mm -hmm. when we get into that verse, but what a great example of that. Was it easy? Was it fun? Did you feel great about wanting to submit? No, I still don't feel great about it, to be honest, because I'm, I'm angry. Mm -hmm. Um, But it doesn't mean that I'm right just because I'm angry either. Yes. And so just trying to really work through that. But I also know that the enemy is going to use this. That's why I said bringing up some old things, things that I've been resentful about in this situation. And in 4.7, it says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so to me, you know, the enemy is going to use those things. Now, I mustered up all that conversation all by myself. I don't think the enemy had one thing to do with that. That was all Suzanne, okay? And But the enemy's going to use that, and he's going to start bringing things back in, honestly, waking up with anger, right. like waking up angry and thinking about this and just being so upset about it. I feel like there's some spiritual stuff in that. For sure. And so for me, in order to resist the devil and fight that and just fight these things, it says, Submit yourselves then to God. That's right. how you do it. And then he goes on and says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's so true. And I, that's kind of what I was going to, that that 
verse seven that says, submit therefore to God, resist the devil. There's a connection there that as we submit to God, that is an active act of putting ourselves towards God in submission to God. And we'll get into what that word means in a minute. But at the same time, it's actively in my submission to God is actively resisting the devil. And the devil, Satan, is called the prince of the power of the air. So he has the ability to give wisdom, but it's not godly wisdom. Scripture says in James 3 that it's demonic and it's earthly and it's natural. And that's the thing, like, I don't know what the specifics are of what you're talking about, but if you sought out advice from someone who's not a believer in Christ, they may side with you because there's truth in what you feel. And they're going to give you an earthly, natural, yes, you should go do this Mm -hmm. or that. Sometimes when we submit to God, there is so much self-sacrifice in it. And it's not about getting my way. It's not about winning the argument. It's not about proving my point. It's about the good of everyone involved in the situation. And that's a different way to approach something than, well, I am right and you need to hear me out because I am right. I think that's such a good point, what you made about if I was seeking wisdom from someone who might not be a believer or who, I mean, even a believer, but may not have spiritually matured in this area. Um, that's why I think it says wise counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like what you said about the wisdom. Like you can get, that's why verse 17 says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven. Yes. Because it implies that there's wisdom that we're going to, our wisdom in air quotes. Yes. That we may be getting from other sources that is not all of these things. Um, and I think we seek that. Like yes. we seek that. It, I would say I'm better about this now, but that's because I've been doing this for six or seven years now, really mm-hmm. trying to understand and submit myself to God in a real way, not like I ever did before. But before that, I would be seeking people who are going to validate oh, my yeah. anger and validate, oh yeah, girl, that conversation you just had in your head, that I, that's a good one and you need to go for that. I'm looking for people to validate that because that is um, self-serving. Like yes. you're saying, it's not self-sacrificing. And there's a big difference. And that's what submission to God looks like. So first and foremost, it's that active moving towards God, actively resisting the devil. But that word submit to God. So submit is a word that we typically don't use outside of biblical context. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not one that's common. And so looking up the Greek word of what James was writing here, it actually means to put things uh, in order under something. And so that helps me a little bit more understanding what it means to look like to submit to God is to be able to order my life under God's authority. Because the reality is, whether I believe it or not, God is sovereign, which means he has all power and all authority. He is completely authoritative and all powerful. And he knows what's best. He knows what's best for my life. He knows what conversations I should have. He knows the way I should interact with others, where I should sacrifice. And when I put my feelings, that anger, under his authority, he can order it rightly. And only then can he order it rightly when I submit, when I put it under his authority and power. Yeah, I love that too. I think just the idea of authority and power. I I did... um, (laughs) A while back, I did a teaching on spiritual warfare, 
And I remember this verse and I taught about it. Um, that was one of my very first teachings. So let's hope I was right. But that if, if I wasn't <laughs> correct in the translation of that word, uh, it spoke to me in any way. Like you said, God's grace is, is bigger than my understanding sometimes. But when I was a kid, I always remember my grandmother would say that part of the verse. It's like, you just resist that devil and he will flee from you. It was like this thing she would always say. And so when I was studying to do that teaching, I found I obviously came upon this verse, but she never said the first part, which (laughs) I found interesting Um, to tell you how to resist the devil. First, you have to submit to God. It's an order of operation, like you're saying. Yes. And when I was reading about that word submit so many years ago, I remember it one of the things it said is that it was often a military term Mm. and used like in a, in in like something to make you think of like a formation, right. For battle and military. And so I found that very interesting because this is, this is a, this is a battle. This is war. I mean, in all honesty, inside of you, this is a spiritual battle going on. Are you going to submit to God or are you going to join hands with the devil and just do all the things that your flesh desires to do in that moment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's so, so good and so powerful to think about. And then if you go from verse 7 to verse 8, we kind of, this verse, every time I read it, I smile a little bit because we are working on this project for mentorship where we're writing a book and we're coming up with monthly themes. And we thought about using this verse, but then we're like, it's a little harsh. The first part of the verse is great. And you've probably heard it so often, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And we usually, like your grandmother admitted that other part, Mm -hmm. we usually admit the second part of this verse, but James 4, 8 goes on to say, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And the more I've reflected on that verse, pairing it in context with submitting to God. So putting my life in order under his authority is actively resisting the devil. The devil will flee from me. And then I am able to draw even closer to God. And as I draw closer to God, he draws closer to me. But as he moves closer, it actually gives me a clearer picture of my sinful nature, of the areas where anger is taking root in my heart. And again, especially because we're all ladies, the emotions that we feel, we can't control the emotion. So if you hurt my feelings, I can forgive you. It is a choice that I make. I forgive you, Suzanne, for hurting my feelings. However, it doesn't mean the hurt feelings just go away. I have to work through that. And the way I work through that is drawing closer to God as God draws closer to me and says, hey, you know that feeling you're having isn't right. So let's untangle that out of your heart. Let's remove that because it's probably coming from a place of insecurity or fear or jealousy or selfish ambition. Or it might be legitimate feelings, you know, of like not legitimate feelings, but I mean, yes, legitimate feelings, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like you might have a valid argument as to what's making you angry. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Okay. Yes, but how I respond to that emotion needs to be in relation to drawing near to God. And the other thing about that verse I love, and it just shows God's goodness in it, is that he knows that I'm a sinner and he knows I'm double-minded. And you know what? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you, sinner 
double-minded. We don't have to try and hide that from him. It's um, Again, you guys have heard me quote, Beth Moore is one of my favorite Bible teachers, and she does a Bible study on the book of James. So if you're interested in digging deep into the whole book of James, we'll put a link in the show notes to this Bible study. It's a great Bible study. Um, it came out years ago. But on part of it, when she's talking about this verse, she, she says that. She reminds us um, in the idea of submitting to God. She says, God knows everything about you and every matter concerning you. Nothing is hidden from his sight. So submit to God, you know, because sometimes I'm like, well, I don't want to submit to him in that area because he might make me do something. And what if it, it puts me in a vulnerable spot? Nothing is hidden from him. He recognizes that and he doesn't resist us or run from us, even when we have disordered anger or improper feelings of rage or resentment or bitterness or selfish ambition. He still draws near to us. And in that closeness and in that nearness, he begins revealing how we can trust him, how we can submit, how we can put our life in order. Like you said, that order of operations. Yeah. I love too that it says, if you're reading it, it, my version says, um, come near to God and he will come near to you, period. Yes. Period. Yes. Then it goes on to say, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you're double, you double-minded. Because he wants you to experience the um, abundance of that sanctification process. Yes. But he's not saying, come near to me when you get that done, right. and then I'll come near to you. It's you come near to me, I'm coming near to you, period. In your sin, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Mm. So I love that there's a period there before yes. it says that. Um, I also really, and I've never noticed this before, and I was just really struck by this when we were actually talking before this, um, of verse 9, the beginning of verse, I mean, all of 9 is great, but I think sometimes as women, and maybe because we've been told this at some point in our lives, that we are too emotional, we're too loud, we're too whatever, so we have this picture of what it looks like to submit to God as like a proper little, I think of like the Stepford wives. Oh, yes. Maybe I don't know why I think of that for a Christian woman, but like, you know, that everything's proper. Yes. We'll read nine. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Mm. Sometimes mm. that's what submitting to God looks like. Let me tell yeah. you this week, I have cried. I have grieved some things that I'm worried about losing and I'm, I'm, I'm mourning some of this circumstance. And, and I mean, it's not always pretty. Yeah. Submission does not equal tidiness. Ooh, that is such a good point. Girls, take that one to the bank. That is powerful. I, it's funny because I have wailed, I have mourned, and I have grieved, and I have complained to God this week. I'm, you know, studying some prayer and how we can... When the Lord convicted me on James 3 about what my tongue was doing, he was like, you're taking your complaints to other people and you're putting bitterness in their water and you're salting it and you're making it spicy. Bring your complaint to me. I can handle it. And if you look back in Psalm, David complains, oh Lord, how long must I cry out? Where are you, my God? And I literally had a cry wailing morning fest in my car the other day. And when I got done with it, I said, God, I'm sorry, but that's just how I'm feeling. And he drew near to me in that. And he ministered to me and I felt his presence even in that. And I love that point that submission isn't this tidy, clean. I've always struggled. One of the epistles talks about 
a woman having a quiet, gentle um, spirit. spirit. Mm-hmm. Y'all, there ain't nothing quiet or gentle about me. Have you met me? <laughs> me either. <laughs> me either. And so I have always struggled with that. And I, I think it's in the core of who you and I are. Our personalities are loud mm-hmm. and boisterous. But in reality, he's saying, but is your heart ready to draw near to me and to put your ideas, emotions, feelings in order under my authority? Mm-hmm. And he'll meet you there every time. Every time. Mm-hmm. Every time. Well, I hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode of the podcast where we've kind of dug into James. Hopefully we have maybe um, given you a little amuse-bouge of James. And if okay, you don't... you're going to have to say what that is. Amuse-bouge? <laughs> I think it's an amuse-bouge. <laughs> you've never heard it? You don't yes, know? I think you've talked about this before. I think I had just learned what, um, oh, something I can't even remember. It's like an appetizer of sort like yes. tapas. I had just learned what tapas was, and then they come out with amuse-bouge. And an amuse-bouge is a one-bite delight to entice you to want more. So if you go to, <laughs> okay, just you said that so sensually, like <laughs> while she's looking at me, I mean, that was awkward. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Try right. again. Okay. Let's try this again. Okay. So it's, if you go to like, Chris and I were in New York city and we went to this really fancy restaurant, La Bernadine's. It's like crazy fancy, fanciest restaurant I've ever been to in my life. And they come out and they say, the chef would like to give you, quote, unquote, give you this amuse-bouge to get you ready for the meal he's about to share with you. And it's like a one half of an ounce of, ours was a a cauliflower soup. It was this whipped cauliflower Mm. soup, which sounds terrible. No, I think it sounds good. I like it's the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. So then do they bring more of that? No, but oh. it's just to get you to go, oh my goodness, I took a bite of that. Whatever else he wants to put uh. before me, it's got to be amazing. And um, anyway, I could tell you, maybe one day on the podcast, I'll share your, the whole evening with you about that because it was quite an interesting evening for us. But that's what I'm hoping with James, that maybe we just kind of whet your appetite a little mm-hmm. bit about James. Maybe James is a book that's been hard for you to understand, or you have read it and thought, man, James doesn't seem to line up with some of the other uh, chapters in, I mean, other books in the New Testament, and how's all that related? So uh, again, we'll put a link in the show notes to Beth Moore's James Bible study. It's called Mercy Triumphs, and it's off of one of the verses in James, and it's a great in-depth study on the book of James. But for your savor moment today, we want to encourage you to just spend some time reflecting on any area of your life that maybe you're struggling to submit to the Lord. Maybe it is your thought life. Maybe it's your attitude. Maybe it's something you're actually doing or not doing. And the Lord's asking you to put it in order under his authority. And like Suzanne said earlier, there really is an order of operations to how it works. And so what we want you to do is to spend some time in prayer thinking about that. And then we are going to be sharing a chocolate souffle recipe with you that we want to encourage you to make. Now, if you're like me, I'm like, I'm out. But I was just thinking that in my head. I'm like, chocolate souffle, that sounds like what you would have had at that fancy restaurant. I mean, they don't serve that at Chick-fil-A, so I'm not sure I can make that. (laughs) Right. And if you know anything about souffles, you know that they... 
like or kind of this idea that they're super hard to make because your souffle falls if you don't do it just right mm -hmm. there's an order of operations to get your souffle to turn out right so we're going to share a recipe for you on your chocolate souffle and honestly i promise you you can do it both of my children have made on their own while i was not home have made chocolate souffles by themselves with the ingredients that are just currently in our house and they turned out fabulously you know why because they read the recipe and they followed the order of operations uh -huh. and did it exactly one of the things with the souffle is that you have to and this is my favorite part you have to slather the butter all over the inner surface of the dish all the way up to the edge and coat the sides with sugar next and that ensures that the souffle will rise up and it won't have any snags or cracks mm. and so the only way that we can submit ourselves to god is to fully slather his order his grace his mercy his compassion his forgiveness all over our lives mm. and then sprinkle it with the sweetness of god and that way we can rise up and there won't be those cracks and those snags because we know what happens when there are cracks the enemy is looking for any crack mm. he can get into and boy he will use our tongues to spread fire so um yeah we want you to make this chocolate souffle and then maybe invite a girlfriend over and say hey i just tried out this chocolate souffle and i want to talk about the order of operations and the things that we can submit uh, and just share that with a friend because I think it's very helpful. So we will look forward to seeing your souffle recipes. And I'm just saying, if you want to make a souffle for Suzanne and I, we would not be opposed to it, would we? Not at all. No. no. Just no. drop it off for us. We'd love to have a souffle. I'm going to try it. I don't know how to cook well, but I promise you guys I will try it. Okay. I'll try it. I don't know if I'm going to try it, Suzanne. I'm going to get Joshua to make it for no. me. No. Okay, okay. That's not it. We've got to stretch ourselves here. You're Submission right. is about stretching. It is. We are coming up with some really good stuff. Last week, it, or one week, it was like, look for the lettuce. And now it's submission is about stretching. Yes, it is. And it is so good. I love that. Well, we're so glad that you guys joined us on another episode of the Saver Podcast. We love you guys so much and hope you have a great day. Thank you for being with us today here at Savor. This podcast is a ministry of Crosstown Church. For information about SOAR Women's Ministry or Crosstown Church, please visit crosstownchurch.com or download the Crosstown app. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please remember to like, subscribe, or leave a review. This helps people find us.